By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hello, my name is Juliana Colangelo, and I'm the host of the Masterclass U.S. Wine Market, a brand new series on the Italian Wine Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome to the show Jermaine Stone. Bronx native, Jermaine spent his life entrenched in hip-hop, but found an interest in fine wine while packing boxes in the shipping department for Zaki's Wine Auction. He later grew to create their global logistics presence while honing his skills as the first Black commercial auctioneer. In 2013, he became one of the founding directors and auctioneers for the auction department of L.A. retail giant Wally's. Throughout his 17-year career, Jermaine has worked with various clients across all facets of the wine industry, developing his skills in business operations, marketing, brand partnerships, and content creation. Today, Jermaine is the head of Crew Love Selections, a New York-based creative agency dedicated to blending the cultures of wine and hip-hop. You can find Jermaine on Instagram at Wine and Hip Hop Show. Welcome to today's show, Jermaine. It's great to have you. Ooh, hello. Thank you for having me. I mean, I, I hear that intro. I'm looking around like, damn, who's this dude? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to meet him. I, I didn't know that that was me for a second. Yeah, I know. It's always a, a good way to stop and reflect, right? So, Like, wow. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that part. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, your bio and background, it, it, it is so interesting and impressive to see where you started and, and where you've come today. So talk us through a little bit more about uh, what you're doing today with Crew Love Selections and, and how you made that transition from the world of auctions with Zaki's and Wally's to the work you're doing today. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. One, thank you for having me. I, I, I love um, having opportunities like this, but uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I started out making music, uh, focusing on just being a hip hop artist. And organically, that's so similar to just content creation. It's it's me trying to express my creativity. So I always had a bit of that in me all throughout my time in wine auction. Uh, and then uh, after I left Zaki's and transitioned to Wally's, um, I really got to grab that entrepreneurial side of the business. You know, working at Zaki's gave me such a huge foundation and literally taught me everything I know about the wine business. And working at Wally's, I was really able to scratch that entrepreneurial itch. 
And, you know, after things transitioned with Wally's, I was pretty much put in a position like it's I needed to move to Los Angeles if I wanted to keep my job with the company. Right. Which, you know, it just wasn't an option for me at the time. My mom was sick with stage four cancer. So I needed to find a way to still stay in the universe of those wine auction clients while staying unique to myself. It's really expensive to market yourself mm -hmm. as a, a, a consultant for multi-million dollar clients. So I started the podcast. Uh, a friend of mine, Levy Dalton, just said, lean into who you are. And um, I knew that what made me unique was my background in hip hop, the friends that I still had in hip hop, and then also that background in wine and the friends I had in wine. So I saw a lot of opportunities with just bringing those worlds together. So what started from me, you know, putting this podcast out as a way to stay in front of my wine auction clients, right. I always wanted to slowly pivot over to be able to consult for a much larger group and community, which is ultimately what Crew Love does today. I used to consult on just back-end business operations and logistics, but now I, you know, consult with companies like Constellation Brands, uh, you know, it, approaching different sales techniques and ways that they can communicate with today's customer. Right. You know, so I'm able to consult in a much broader space, uh, you know, consulting and working with different wine regions and, and countries. Uh, again, finding ways to communicate between wine and hip hop, right. essentially what I saw the opportunity to do. And it's just been a slow growth in being able to do that. Right. Well, that's that's really exciting. I mean, to, to also and interesting to hear how you move kind of from understanding all those back end operations to now working more on the content piece, the marketing side. And, and like you mentioned, consulting with with clients to, to reach new consumers. And, you know, in today's episode, what I want to focus on with you and for our listeners is how creative content and some of the work you're doing with Crew Love Selections can help the wine industry and specifically Italian wineries reach new audiences in the U.S. market. So um, that's what we're going to focus on for today. I'm really excited to dive into it. But before we start, I just want to share what our three key takeaways for today's episode are and what we're really going to focus on for our listeners. So number one, uh, the importance of incorporating elements of pop culture into content creation in order not only to educate consumers about wine, but reach new consumers in an interesting and compelling way. And here's where we're really excited to learn more about how you're doing that with hip hop. Uh, number two, what are the key elements of truly compelling video content? We, we hear out there all the time for social media, video is king, video, video. But what actually makes great video content? Because you're creating amazing content. So I want to hear some of your secrets. And then number three, how to maintain authenticity to yourself while you're promoting others and working with clients. Um, like you said, you bring something unique to the industry with your background in hip hop. How do you remain unique to that background while at the same time uh, working with, with some of these great clients you're working with? So super excited to dive in and, and let's get to it because we've got a lot to cover. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So just to get started, you know, with Crew Love, you talk about blending the best elements of wine and hip hop culture. Talk to us a little bit about what that means to you and what do you see as some of the most relevant similarities and differences between the two categories of wine and hip hop. Yeah. You know, when, when some people think about hip hop, you know, they think about the streets, they think about, you know, many people think about the violence in hip hop, but really uh, hip hop for many people is a way to communicate, you know? So for example, hip hop being so aspirational 
many of the luxuries in life. People that come from my community, they learn about that through hip hop. You know, the guys on Fordham Road weren't selling Balenciaga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they learned about that through rap. So, uh, and it, it creates such an affinity for it. And when I noticed uh, certain artists like, and you know, the mention of uh, wine in hip hop has always happened from right. Jay-Z making uh, plays on words from uh, about wine tastings to Nas talking about crushed grapes. You know, this is a narrative that's been through hip hop, but around, I'd say like 2006, it became a bit more specific where okay. Jay-Z wasn't just talking about the Audemars watch. He was talking about Petrus. And I saw that as uh, something that was, you know, Jay-Z's everyone's big brother. So I knew that there was just going to be much more and more of that. And, you know, you look at the trajectory between then and now. Um, but so just similarly, like, so we relate in the sense of hip hop being aspirational, uh, we all like right. luxury goods, you know, and many people see wine as that luxury thing. However, hip hop is the epitome of attainable luxury. You know, we talk about these same guys with yeah. Balenciaga. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I trust me, it, it looks crazy to see that on the corner sometimes, but that's really what it is. And, and that's communicated through hip hop. So I think that um, aside from that, there's a mindset uh, that's similar. There's that entrepreneurial mindset that carries throughout wine you know you are speaking many times directly to the families that are making this wine it isn't just what you pick up in the store so everybody in the wine industry is an entrepreneur and and in hip-hop it's very similar uh, but also these these are both two very very deep and passionate cultures which tell a story of the land and I think that that's the the biggest similarities but overall you, you can find many relations and uh just the way that people approach their passion yeah i i think those examples are great and the things i you know i had never really thought about so i was super excited to hear how you would answer this question but um i think that passion for storytelling passion for the land uh, entrepreneurial spirit i mean yeah those are elements that we talk about all the time in the wine industry and as you explained, are, are so relevant in hip hop culture as well. What would you say are maybe some of the differences or areas where you see there maybe is a need to reconcile the, the two areas? Yeah, well, with with regard to uh, to where hip hop and wine don't necessarily connect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, it's even down to just language. You know, we're, we start off not speaking the same language <laughs> in many ways. And uh, something that I think blocks a lot of people out of wine is that, you know, no one likes to feel stupid. Right. You know, and so often when you're around people that know so much about wine, it, it can be very intimidating. And then when you can't speak the language or read the labels, it can be very intimidating. But something that I've seen by being on both sides is, that's true for both things. Mm -hmm. Good point. You know, if I'm coming into the hip hop world from a wine perspective, I don't understand what these guys are saying. You know, I'm quote unquote, not cool. You know, it that we all come into different things with our own insecurities. I think uh, something that's that's helped me to stay true to who I am and and be comfortable in rooms where I'm I'm different is understanding that everyone in this room has some sort of insecurity. Yeah. You know, it's just 
are you going to let that dictate the way that this event goes or not? <laughs> you know, that's up to you, Curious. <laughs> you know, got to ride the wave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great life advice for anyone, for, for sure. So you mentioned, you know, something about no one wants to feel stupid and wine, wine can be intimidating, these labels, especially Italian wine, right? There's hundreds of different varieties and the way the labels are written, it's not always easy to understand what's in the, what's actually in the bottle. But I think something you do so interestingly with with Crew Love is uh, making wine more approachable through content. So one of um, one example that I love is you have these tasting notes from the street episodes where you're pairing street food with wine, and you have one episode where you paired an Etna Rosso <laughs> with um, a slice of New York pizza, very different from Italian pizza, right? Um, both delicious though. But can you just talk us through a little bit? What's your approach to this type of content and what do you think it accomplishes for the viewer? Well, I think that uh, so one of the ways that I approach wine is I try to speak in as broad of strokes as possible. You know, you'll notice that I'm not talking about the varietals. Uh, you know, it's it's I'm speaking about the area and many times people think that the name that they see on the label is the name of what they're drinking. They're not understanding the like the geographical aspect to it. So I think that a show like Tasting Notes from the Streets, and for me, honestly, you know, being from the Bronx and, and, and going into the wine industry, many areas that I learned about in wine, I didn't know existed, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. and you have to get super granular with wine and you also get to know the people a little better. You get to know the culture a little bit better. Right. All just based on the rules of the winemaking in the region, you know? So I think that highlighting that just makes wine that much more approachable. Like, let me not give you, I don't sell people on wine. I introduce them to culture, you know? So often, how how many people do you know that are really going to be able to break down all the nuances in wine? More often than not, people can just tell you if they like it or not. So I try to uh, meet people where they are and take things in phases, you know, start out by speaking in broad strokes like, you know, Etna Rosso uh, and then highlighting something cool and, and very approachable about it. The fact that it's grown on the side mm -hmm. of an active volcano, like, wow, wine from an active volcano. Now you're interested in what this story is about. Now you've seen the story. So you think about wine the same way you think about business. Right. People like to do business with people that they enjoy working with, you know? So, and how are you going to attract that person? It starts with a story. So, you know, they might just kind of like it, but because they like the story, they now enjoy it that much more. You're really tasting the culture. And I think that, is what we try to communicate with tasting notes from the streets. But similarly, on the same side, and that's why it's, you know, uh, pairing a wine with a food that's representative of hip-hop culture, you think about how is a food right. familiar with hip-hop culture. It's just hip-hop is very New York, especially for me. And you think about what foods are synonymous with New York. Like, it's in the name, New York pizza. <laughs> you know? Exactly, right? It doesn't get much more New York than that. And when, and it's it's so, you know, it's a dollar. It's cheap. It's on the go. If you grew up in the hood, you were definitely eating those NY uh, slices. So what we try to do is attach to a, a piece of nostalgia, like, 
in the culture. And that invokes like a certain emotion. Like one of the things that I try to focus on with every single piece of content is like my my our, our, uh, my man Yusuf, our producer. He he calls it the three E's: entertainment, emotion, and education. We try to make sure that everything that we do has all of those things. And right. one way that you can immediately grab emotion is touching on that nuanced thing. It's that inside joke, you know, that because you're a part of this culture, only you know the importance of a shape up in the hood, you know, the the lineup of your haircut. Like there's, there's things that are specific and nuanced to a culture. And when you can show that you know something about that, it's that much easier uh, for people to let you in. And that's really what it is a lot of the times. And to connect with audiences. Exactly. Right. Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're saying about, you know, entertaining, educating and creating connecting emotion, like those are three elements, you know, back to kind of one of the, the topics I opened with about creating truly compelling and interesting video content, right, is, is figuring out a way to tie in those, those three different elements. I think Italy, too, has an advantage here in the fact that Americans love Italy. They love all things Italian. We love pizza, of course, but absolutely. You know, I was in Italy this summer and I heard so many uh, Americans everywhere I went, especially from New York and New Jersey. So we travel to Italy. We love Italian culture. We love Italian cuisine. You can find an Italian restaurant in pretty much every corner of the United States. So um, you know, I feel that Italy especially has a, a really unique opportunity with, with what you're talking about, about connecting with the consumer through culture and through place, right? You know, there's a lot of people who might not know about a wine technically, but have they been to Italy? Maybe, right? More likely than not. So um, I think there's there's that, that huge opportunity. Um, so let's talk just a little bit for a little bit, a little more technically about the content you're creating um, you know, what do you feel like is an ideal length for, for some of the content you're creating in terms of time, um, style of the image? And then also, you know, as marketers, we know things are changing almost daily when it comes to the platforms. Like where are you, how are you getting your content out there to consumers? It's mm, a very good question. Uh, you know, for us, I, I always say you have to just go hard on, on where your fans are. For us, I feel like a lot of our, our supporters are on Instagram. Definitely there a lot. And we have uh, worked very hard on building up our YouTube presence. That said, you know, I do feel like Instagram is still a great one. Everything that you can put on Instagram, you can put on TikTok. So it's really, it just makes sense that if you're building one presence to build another, so many of these uh, platforms use all like similar uh, formats for, for sizes on the content. But I find that like shorter content always does better. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, we did an uh, interview with Dave East, uh, which we put on our YouTube maybe about a year and a half ago. And the interview did great. It had like 11,000 views on YouTube. And, and for us, that's that's like a huge jump. So you can really tell 
what type of audience he had. And again, he's one of those niche and nuanced artists that you have to know something about to really grasp. But we put out a short for him on on Instagram the other day. The first one did like 27,000 in like two days. Wow. And then I put another one up. And then right now it's almost it, it's been like a week and it's almost at like 40,000 views. Interesting. But these are one minute clips. Okay. And that's just on Instagram. You know, on on uh, YouTube, similarly, both clips are at around a thousand views. So they grow so fast. It's just about understanding what videos are going to hit. Um, but the other piece is like, you just got to put a lot out. That's that's really the thing. It's, I mean, one of the things we're, we're really going hard on this year is we're putting a lot more into our, uh, our digital presence, just overall, like now starting to put out a lot more. The plan is to, by the end of January, be putting out like 27 pieces of content across all platforms. Wow. Mm-hmm. Per day. That's impressive. Per day. That's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, so, well, you know what it is? It's just cutting it up into micro content. You know, there's so many messages that we put across in a short episode. And our Tasting Notes from the Streets and, and Wanda Hip Hop TV episodes are generally, you know, 10 minutes uh, max, uh, you know, for a longer episode. Sometimes we might go to like 12 to 15 minutes. But there's so much that happens within that. Right. Not everyone wants that entire thing. So splicing it up into micro content, you can post. And, you know, when I say 27 times, it might be the same piece of content across like LinkedIn and Facebook and right, all different platforms and uh, and Twitter even, you know, it's it, it's just making sure that you are putting it out there and, and cutting it up into micro content like for me, that's what's been um, very useful. Understanding uh, to tell a story, uh, communicate your point as fast as you can. Right. Yeah, I think that's key. And then also you can then break down the information. Like you said, you're telling so many different stories and let's say a 10 minute episode and you can break that down into segments focusing on place, a segment focusing on the grape, et cetera, tasting notes, um, food pairings, all that information can kind of be sliced down into more digestible bite-sized information to feed to, to your audience. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us what's coming up for you this year. I know you've got some travel coming up, um, some travel to Italy, I hear. So oh, yeah. tell us a little bit more about what's on the horizon for you. Yes, yes. Oh, man, I am so, so excited about 2023. I mean, 2022 ended in ways that I didn't even know were possible for me. So, you know, I always want to try to strike while the iron's hot, do more, continue to grow. I've always saw wine and hip hop as a global thing. So we are expanding our wings. You know, we uh, last year we hosted an awesome harvest party in Burgundy uh, and there's a lot a bunch of different wine regions were interested in doing the same thing. So aside from just being back in Burgundy this year, um, you know, you guys are actually one of the first to know, but we're also going to be in Champagne uh, the end of May. Uh, of course, there's Italy travel uh, coming up and pretty much everywhere that I go, you know, you can plan on me doing content there. You can plan on me doing an event there. And, um, you know, you can plan on me doing some other cool stuff. But now people could come along with. Yeah, that's super exciting. Uh, so that that's going to be fun. But, you know, also new things. Uh, the, the harvest party and showing what I did there was really just 
a part of me um, showing, having more of a vlog sort of thing. So I am having a, a business vlog coming up in search of the plug where I am embracing more of that. People are going to find out why they call me the wolf of wine. You know, like <laughs> people think it's like a fun wolf of Wall Street thing. Like, no, nope, <laughs> not at all. Like if you watch Pulp Fiction, that character, the wolf, that is who I was in the wine auction space. Like when you had a problem that you didn't know how to fix, you called the wolf. And honestly, people would be nervous until they said like, yeah, I called Jermaine. So they were like, okay, yes. Yep, it's covered, right? That that was that was my reputation. You can, you know, go ahead and <laughs> do, do the math on that. But it was what I did. And I'm now starting to show a lot more of that. So things like me going to Source Wines, uh, I'm going to be showing that in our new show, In Search of the Plug. Very cool. You know, you think it, it's very similar to a, a mindset of people that I grew up around in the streets. It, it's the same exact thing. It's just this is the wine business. So uh, I think it gives people a great opportunity to see how the importance of like developing relationships right. and how you relate to people. You know, it's it's a matter of trust when a winemaker uh, decides that you are someone that they they see fit to help them to communicate what they're trying to with this entire country. Right. You know, so I wanted to to show more of that, but also show the bones of the industry. People don't know what happens and how a bottle goes from the winemaker straight to your living room. So that's really. Yeah, I think that's going to be super interesting, giving people that behind the scenes look at what it takes to take something from you know a small winery in Tuscany right and how it ends up on your table like you're saying and showing them all the behind the scenes it humanizes things like people need to see that it's it's not you know maybe it might end up in a fancy restaurant and sure that's cool but that's not what it's about right it's just showing the versatility in in who you are i like to go to fancy restaurants but that's that's not all i am you know so i think that um this uh this show gives people the opportunity to get to know the people and what they are trying to communicate. Yeah, and also tying in some of your background and, and experience, you know, through Zaki's and, and Wally's and all you did with logistics and operations and, and tying in, like when we speak about authenticity, right, and the content speaking to you, I feel like that's that'll be super interesting. Definitely. It's, this is just, this year is going to continue to evolve and get people to know me in a different way. I, I'll be tying back uh, more into my music background you know, uh, we have a series called Wine Bars. It's um, uh, it's an online, you know, we post these freestyles on Instagram, on all of our social platforms with me and some of my favorite rappers in a wine cellar and they're spitting bars. <laughs> so we call it Wine Bars. And each um, where we have uh, our producer on deck, uh, Arsonist from the Heat Makers, a multi-platinum production team. They produce for Dipset, Cameron, Jim Jones, wow. Lil Wayne, Rick Ross. Like this guy has plaques all over the place and he's going to be in a wine cellar dropping beats. Uh, and he's in the wine cellar dropping beats with, with the most amazing artists. So that's so cool. It's, um, yeah, it's I'm just really, really excited about this year and, um, you know, letting people get to know me a little bit better. Yeah, lots of exciting things coming up. How can our listeners and, you know, those working for Italian wineries or working in Italy engage with you and your work and connect with you? Oh, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm a very easy guy to find. Beautiful thing. You could literally Google search wine and hip hop. I'm certain that I will 
be the main thing there. But I think but, so. Yeah. <laughs> but separately, you know, connect with us on Instagram at Wine and Hip Hop Show. You can even email me, Jermaine at CrewLoveWine.com. You know, this is like this is really a lifestyle that I live. It's um, something that I'm passionate about communicating. I have uh, lifelong friends and and hip hop, of course, and you know, people that I consider family and wine and all of these connections were made through this. So this is really the ethos of my business, just trying to show people how similar we actually are. Yeah, that's so important. It's a lot of fun. So hit me up anyway. I'm I'm here. I'm sure you'll get a lot of uh, inquiries and, and hellos after this. <laughs> Hopefully not too many. <laughs> well, just to wrap up, Jermaine, I would love to quiz you a little bit and just to, to hammer home some of the things that we talked about. We covered a lot in today's episode. Um, and you spoke a lot to us about the importance of connection through content, uh, creating emotion, driving education, awareness, but all while doing it in an authentic way. But I just, to hammer home a few of the, of the relevant points for our listeners, I'll do a quick little quiz for you. And please answer in one sentence or less. This is a little rapid fire. Mm -hmm. We talked about bite-sized content. So that's what we're doing here. So question number one, what content is performing best right now on digital platforms? Dope visual content. All right. Love it. Simple. (laughs) Okay. Question number two, what are the three most important parts to you of compelling video content? Easy. Education, entertainment, and emotion. Love it. I love the three E's. That's <laughs> like I, I this is I came in yeah. ready. This is amazing. I know. I'm throwing you some softballs here. <laughs> this one's a little more open ended. You can have two sentences to answer this question. But what are you know one or two key things you can do to maintain your authenticity when you're representing other brands and cultures? Hmm. That is a great one. That's a good question. Uh, so I'd say I have I'd have two. Two sentences, I have two answers. Uh, <laughs> but the first is um, be as much of yourself as possible, you know, in everything you do, not even just the uh, wine and content, in everything you do, be as much of yourself as possible. Like when I decided to be more of myself, that was when I became more successful. Uh, as far as uh, also maintaining your authenticity is don't be afraid to look stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, let those insecurities go and just, just put it out there, get it wrong, you know? So don't be afraid to look stupid and be as much of yourself as possible. I love it. I love it. That was a tough one to answer. Great job. (laughs) It was, it was, it was like you hustled me. You gave me a couple easy ones and then boom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jermaine, for being with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and uh, what a great conversation. And thank you again for being here. No, definitely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. And thanks again to all our listeners as well. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass U.S. Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.